you want to try and make the umlaut sound right now? Here's what you do. You make an oo sound. Oo. Now imagine there's an i sound, like an e. E. Coming up right after that oo. Okay, I'm going to try it. Right. Are you ready? Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, close enough. You mean like that? The letter U. He is the Unagi Porganon. Oh, and he is the useless Damien St. John. And this is the mm, uh, podcast, The Dictionary. <laughs> Welcome to the dictionary. Thanks so much for checking us out. Doesn't matter how you found us, we really appreciate it. Reach out to us on Twitter at Thick Podcast. I called you Paul Gannon Unagi. What do you think that is? What well, is it? The flavour on the tongue which isn't salt or sweet. Is that what it is? Or is that umami? Don't know. You know, like <laughs> things like pies yeah. or mushrooms have umami. Obviously, it's not that. Isn't that what you say when you hurt your knee in the playground? Ooh, mommy! <laughs> in that voice, oh, mommy. Uh, unagi is the Japanese word for freshwater eel. Oh! It's a common ingredient in Japanese cooking. And I know you've got some Japanese uh, lifestyle uh, going on. My, my girlfriend does indeed love her Japanese culture. Definitely, if you're going to eat an unagi, do not, whatever you do under any circumstances, order a raw unagi. Oh, God. Uh, fish that uh, live in fresh water cannot be eaten raw you will probably die or get very ill. Well, that's something to look forward to. A nunagi that is roasted is known as a shirayaki, which I also think is a street fighter move. And, uh, <laughs> and episode 138 of Friends gets a uh, mention in of Unagi. Ross, who's previously practiced karate, of claims that Rachel and Phoebe lack Unagi, supposedly a state of total awareness. Although in karate, uh, what he's trying to get at is Zan Shin. That is the state of total awareness. Well, you just couldn't trust him anyway. And you? I've just ruined my chance at a very good Z word for when we do the Z letters. <laughs> we can still recycle oh, it. But you, Paul Gannon, Unagi. So I called you useless, but... Oh. I need to free. I need to put this. You into need a, to step up and tell me what that means I need before to put it we into have context. some words. Yeah. It's not even the word useless. What I've done is quite clever. You less, right? Because we're talking about the letter U today. Yeah. One of the things that always interested me was why British have U's in their words. Yeah. Such as glamour, and Americans don't have their U. Humor. Humor is a great example, and I would looked into why that is, and I, I know for a fact that when French became a more popular influence on the British Isles way back when. That's where a lot of French spelling started to come in, like theatre yeah. and things like that. Yeah. And I thought it was when... That'd be during the Renaissance period, I think. Something like yeah. that, yeah. Um, it turned out, though, I thought the reason... I thought that came after we split from America in terms of our ownership of it. But no, the reason why America dropped the U's was purely out of spite. Of all the ways to get back at a country, to do it using grammar over centuries but is worked. pretty clever, actually, <laughs> yeah, it isn't worked. it? Like, we're going to continually remind you that we're not you. It was because of the reforming zeal of American lexicographer Noah Webster. And he wrote three books about uh, the English language. And in each book, he tried to reinvent, uh, not say reinvent, but, you know, take out the U's, start owning American English rather than having the British English. Yeah. Uh, he wrote a book called The First Part of the Grammatical Institute of the English Language, then the American Spelling Book, followed by the Elementary Spelling Book. They became the standard text in America for the next 100 years. And that's why he dropped a lot of things like made theatre become theatre with the E-R rather than R-E, why plough uh, was P-L-O-W rather than P-L-O-U-G-H. It's like he looked at every single word and went, is this how the average American would spell it phonetically? It sounds like that's what he's done. He stripped it back to be a much more phonetic He dropped language. the E off axe, you know, just out of spite. 
What, the deodorant? Yeah, <laughs> well, that's, a, that's why they probably don't spell it the British way. In American way, we call it lynx. However, one of the words that Noah Webster failed in his attempts to get spelled exactly is the word tongue. That's the only one word he yeah. decided to keep the U in. He must have gone T-U-N-G. It just looks like dung. It's <laughs> Maybe. not going to work. So there you go. U-less. It's true, actually. I have no U's in my, uh, in my name. And this is the Um R podcast. Women in vocabulary tend to say um more than men, whereas men tend to say uh more than women. Oh. Uh, a guy analysed 14,000 phone calls. He transcribed them all to uh, get these numbers. And he found out that the uses of uh increases in both sexes with age. So Ooh. in your 20s, you're using things like like and, of course, and obs and totes and it. all that language. And actually, you get older because your brain is slowing down. The things aren't firing like they used to. So the older you get, you find yourself saying, uh, uh. a bit more. But women say, um, more. Um, they use it uh, because they're trying to work out what to say. So um, U-M, yeah. is when somebody's trying to work out what to say. Uh, is when they're trying to work out how to say it. And um and uh are two of these um and uh, mm, 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 mm. Mm, two of the si- two of these six two letter words that you can use in Scrabble. Uh um un un up us and ut. I don't know what the others mean. I ran out of time. I'm an I'm an I'm an I'm an I'm an Time for the word workout on the dictionary. It's an anagram of a word. You and Paul Gannon have until the end of the podcast to work it out. Yeah. She is a sexy actress. Beginning, That's a long anagram. Beginning with... No, the, <laughs> the anagram, you know. <laughs> beginning with the letter U. The anagram is sad, surreal, sun. S-U-N. Sad, surreal. Yeah, sun. I think this is dead easy. Sexy actress. There aren't many actresses beginning with the letter U. I'll give you a clue. It's not Una Stubbs. Oh, <laughs> balls. What's the point of me carrying on with my life? Uh, so, sad, surreal, son, sexy actress. You got to the end of the podcast to work it out. Good luck. Going to switch things up on the dictionary this week. If you've listened before, we normally go into the uh, the meat, the big chunk of our thing, yeah. uh, and we do a game at the end. I'm just going to do the game now Ooh, and see how you get on. Keep it fresh. Let's dive right in. I Keep like the this. momentum. This is, you know what that stands for. You know what that stands for. So you kind of have these abbreviations. Yeah. Like UEFA. Yeah. You know what that stands for? It means you've got my biscuit. Yeah. Yes. And no. Oh, right. Fair enough. The UEFA, the Union of European Football Associations. That's close enough. UEFA. So here we go. I've got five for you. You know what that stands for. Okay. Number one, UN. United Nations? Correct. Amundo. Hooray. Good. Starting off nice and easy. I like this. UNICEF. UNICEF. United Nations in cupboards affecting fornication. It's a bit of a faff, actually. UNICEF, the United Nations Children's Fund. Uh. So they've taken the second I from nations and they've taken the E from children's to make that UNICEF. Number three, UNCTAD, U-N-C-T-A-D. UNC? UNCTAD. Not Uh, like Uncle Tad, UNCTAD. That's the film with John Candy, no (laughs) one remembers. Um United Nations can't take any decisive <laughs> actions. I put an A on the end. That's on a that really point. good guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It is United Nations. In fact, uh, United Nations Conference on Trade and Development. Yeah. Pretty boring, but I'm sure they do a lot of good work. I'm sure they try. Number four, UNESCO. You hear a lot about the World Heritage sites. Yeah, like they use a lot of them in Star Wars. Yeah, a lot of them in Star Wars. UNESCO. What does that stand for? Uh, What's their job? What do they protect? They are the United Nations Escape Sex Camp (laughs) Organisation. I've been there before. Yeah. 
Please, please, leave. Mrs. I want no more sex. UNESCO, United Nations Educational, Scientific and Cultural Organization. Oh, they quite a large um, remit there. And finally, Uno DC, Uno DC, Uno DC. Unctuous knobs like DC <laughs> comics. No. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one that you might be familiar with if you've ever crossed the border over to a uh, foreign country. Uh, United Nations Office on Drugs and Crime. <laughs> so there you go. You know what that stands for. Paul Gannon, you scored some points. That's all right. Some points is better than no points. Here we go. Time for the big four words in the dictionary this week. I'm going to come straight at you with my first one. It is Uber. Of course, the Uber used in 21st century language now has become the transportation network company, which has revolutionised the way of hailing a cab in the pouring rain. It's definitely revolutionised your odds of being attacked by a stranger in the night. I, what, what I say, I'm just going to keep what balance. You, what do you say? Uh, increased or just, you know, it's not less Encouraged. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not a big fan of Uber. I'll tell you why. So many comedian fans of mine are all like, don't eat Nestle. Don't you dare touch Nestle. Don't you dare. However, I will use Uber to get to and from gigs. And I was like, you know their track record of, yeah. is not great. Anyway, moving on. Uber, it comes to the German word for over so uh, overinflated would be uber inflated but it actually comes from uber mensch oh okay which surely is that what is that that's a, a, an over woman oh yeah the idea of a superior man yeah that's why um that documentary is called Supermensch. the uh, guy who helped launch that was a, cooper's career i thought that was a jewish superhero no he is he's jewish as well oh, is he that's the thing it's like this this guy who's very dweeby very stereotypically Jewish looking in his features and yet yeah. he helped Alice Cooper get you know start his career off in the yeah. 70s launched all that he sold drugs to just to get money to sell you know to, to buy things for Alice Cooper the tour why else would you sell drugs he, very well loved in the industry it's a great yeah. documentary directed Uber by Mensch. Mike Myers oh lovely that's worth checking out yeah so of course it gets its origins for the German used in 21st century language for the uh, the cab company which got the idea basically these guys sat around and went we need an idea Right, those ideas people included a nuclear physicist, a computational neuroscientist, and a machinery expert who worked on predicting demand for private hire car drivers. They then got the janitor in and went, what do you think? <laughs> Call it Uber. Yeah. It's in 58 countries now. Um, they also have Uber Chopper. Uh, well. Uber Chopper. Uber, <laughs> Uber, Uber Chopper. Uber are now looking at having driverless cars. So they're going to turn around to the man on the street and go, would you help us build a business? Would you help us be our drivers? Bye! <laughs> Automated vehicles. Oh, the future's so, yeah. coming. But yeah, that's Uber. If someone if someone says now, you hear them, you overhear them on a uh, night out saying, I'm getting an Uber. Then they're in for a really good night. They're getting a cab. Right, so here's the word I've got. Umlaut. Oh, the little dots over there. The little dots. Again, I thought I'd just kind of break it down. Thanks to the website Mental Floss, randomly it has a page dedicated to the umlaut. Wow. Which is fascinating. So in case you don't know what it is, it's that mark, usually two dots used over a vowel, especially used in Germany to indicate a different type of vowel quality. Apparently, the word was invented by one of the brothers Grimm. Uh, Jacob Grimm, to be uh, specific. Um, He described a sound-changing process that affected the historical development of German. He called it the umlaut, from an um sound meaning around, and laut meaning sound. Do you want to try and make the umlaut sound right now? I'll tell you how to do it with your mouth. Please do. And you'll service me correctly. Feel free to try if you're listening as well. Here we go. Mimicking the mutation process is a great way to learn how to pronounce the umlaut. Here's what you do. You make an oo sound. Oo. Right? Now imagine there's an I sound, like an E kind of thing, e. coming up right after that oo, right? So what you need to do is freeze Ooh, your mouth you. in the U position while trying to say the E sound with the rest of your mouth. Okay, I'm going to try it. Right. Are you ready? Ooh, I, 
Close enough. You mean like that? Yeah, just pretty much. You should feel the body of your tongue move forward and up into your mouth. Hold that you sound with your lips. And congratulations, you have performed the umlaut. And heavy metal umlauts don't look so heavy metal to umlaut users. Beginning with the blue oyster cult. Where do you think the umlaut is there? Uh, it is over blue. I know it's over the. Why? It's over the O. Oh. Over in Oyster. Oh, yeah, of course it is. Um, Heavy metal band started using the umlaut to signal a badass rock hard attitude. Um, it was used by Motley Crue, Motorhead, um, Queenstrike? Or Queenstrike? Queensrike. Queensrike. Is that yeah. it? I've never. What, what do they do? Heavy metal. Fair enough. I think the Beautiful South had one. They had an invisible umlaut, did they not? Did I they? Don't know. I don't know. It was don't probably know. buried in the grave knowing yeah. its lyrics. Um, they're trying to make it sound hard and edgy and rock and roll. Yeah. Actually, when translated, um, it's more kind of about softness, lightness, and a roundedness sound to the word. Love it. Umlaut. Good knowledge on the umlaut. Word number three comes from me, Urban Cougar. Urban Cougar? Urban Cougar. Now, this sounds like a particular kind of film I'd rent courtesy back in the 90s. Of, uh, yeah, courtesy of Silver B on Urban Dictionary, the definition is a hot single woman in her 30s to 40s who is totally into sex, but for whatever reason, isn't in a relationship. She usually hunts young, hard-bodied males for fun, casual, no-string sex. She is sophisticated in her sexual prime and absolutely knows how to use her young prey to get sexed up and satisfied. I Can think, you put some poor music over the background of that when you say it? <laughs> you know who I, I think wrote this? Sherman from uh, American Pie. She's going to get some Shermanator. Oh, here she comes. Her libido rages almost constantly, so she will need to hunt frequently. Occasionally, she'll be so impressed and surprised by her young prey that she'll be vulnerable to attachment. You ever been out with a cougar? No, I'd love to, though. I really do have the fancy of an older woman thing going on. I had that going on. You've been with a cougar? Yeah, and that line there where it says uh, attached to her young prey. Did she get attached? It was blatantly just for the for the fun of it. Yeah. And she did get well attached. We, we moved on from our uh, arrangement after a while. Oh. Uh, but the website datacougar.info right. tells you how to sum up the complex numerical world of cougar identification. <laughs> this sounds like <laughs> vampires. Yeah. It's like the way they talk about prey and summoning. It's like they've yeah. got to do dark magics. It's true. Well, the, it, the opposite of a crucifix for a cougar is just a bottle of white wine, isn't it? <laughs> Uh, when defined by age it goes as follows number one a cougar must be at least 35 years of age but there's quite young though really don't you think but there's no upper age limit Uh, number two any cougar between the age of 35 and 50 must be at least 10 years older than her man to be right number three any cougar over the age of 50 must be at least 15 years so imagine if you're 49 yeah and you're a cougar and you're going out with someone who's 39 you hit 50, all of a sudden you've got to drop them and go for someone who's 35. I think they're more guidelines, the rules. I think when you start looking no, into it, it takes bec- the fun out. No, because datacougar.info says this must happen in order for her to get the cougar stamp of approval. Wow. Which, as we I- know, is a thing. Excuse me, love. <laughs> we've had this lovely relationship, but you've now failed the cougar stamp of approval as dictated to by some dopey website. There's no cut-off age for, for going cougar, although a man on the, on the forum said, I'm 57, what am I supposed to do? Oh, <laughs> Because you've got to find someone who is... 70? N- you've got to be 15, so you've got to be 72. Yeah. And not to say that 72-year-old women aren't sexy. No, I mean... But... Shares. Sh- surely the novelty comes in just that a little bit older... Yeah. curvaceous housewifey type vibe it's like everything's still in place yeah. and nothing I, I don't know how you feel about it but when I get to 57 if I'm with the woman I love that's one thing but if I'm single at 57 yeah all women will look the same yeah a Out bag of, of wrinkles yeah 
in the nicest way possible, I will be a saggy bald man with a lot of uh, flab in the middle. Is that your Tinder profile? Yeah, <laughs> if I live to fit, and I, I don't envy anyone single at that age. It's really no. difficult. And Go finally, on. my last slice of meat is the word ukulele. Brilliant. And I thought I'd bring, I thought I'd mention it because I'm a big fan of the ukuleles. For those who don't know, it's a small four-string guitar of Hawaiian origin. It comes from the late 19th century from Hawaiian, where the phrase literally means jumping flea. Um, the ukulele is a member of the lute family of instruments, if you didn't know that. It usually employs four nylon or gut strings and is delightful to listen to. One of the reasons why I loved it so much is because... Because you're half Hawaiian. No, it's just... Okay, so when I got into doing stand-up comedy a few years ago, my I thought my angle would be I'll learn an instrument, I'll take it on stage, oh, I'll you were one the, of those, were you? Maybe, you have no idea. <laughs> I would go on and do a couple of cheeky, naughty songs on my ukulele in lieu of proper gags and then get off a musical comedian I hated you guys because yeah. it was cheap it oh, was an easy win you have no idea so I once went to this gig and this is where the line of the sound was drawn I went to this gig I had my ukulele and I was all ready to go it was a big deal a big show for the people on that night three had ukuleles <laughs> and I was like oh, I might not do that and I just put the ukulele down I never performed with it in comedy again because no. it reached that saturation point yeah. now I'm a big fan of it right it takes any miserable, depressing song ever yep. and gives it a nice little wink and a cheery, upbeat thing. So guess what I've got? A, a miserable... Oh, you oh actually br- I brought my ukulele. How the heck did you sneak that in with that? You put it under your big coat? Yeah, I did. I so, it down my leg. So I just thought I'd play a little song to prove my okay, point about yeah. taking something miserable and making it delightful. Ready? Here we go. Ready? Right. You were here before Couldn't look you in the eye You float like a feather Your tears make me sigh And I want you to notice When I'm not around That I wish you were special Oh, so badly special Cause I'm a creep I'm a weirdo But what the heck am I doing here? Oh, I don't belong here I love it. I've never heard Dolly Parton in that way before. <laughs> that was very special. Thank you. My gift. Nice little moment. Yeah. I mean, thankfully, we don't have to pay a PRS on exactly. it. Exactly. Time for the results of this week's Word Workout. 30 seconds, Paul Gannon and the listening audience on the internet to unscramble this. She is a sexy actress, the anagram, sad, surreal, sun, S-U-N. 30 seconds begin now. I'm quietly confident about this. I think I've got it. Now, it's you... So it already restricts how many sexy actresses begin with the letter U. And we said not Una Stubbs. Uh, or Uma Thurman. So True, yeah. You know, there are a few more available. Now I'm thinking what kind of... I mean, we could work for the anagram process, but I'm going for a mental process. I'm not even looking at the words you threw at me. I'm going with my gut, right? I'm thinking maybe like someone that Donald Trump's been out with. or Yeah, you know, okay. like Uvon or Trump kind of thing. But right, no, here we go. I think, I, know. Three, I think I'm going to pair it down to two. Wicker Man or Man with the Golden Gun and just say Ursula Andrus. Ursula Andress yeah. is the correct answer, yes. Hey, thank you. I'm feeling pretty smug about a very obviously easy anagram. <laughs> Sexy lady emerged from the warm blue sea singing underneath the mango tree. Do that on your ukulele uh, in James Bond's Dr. No. Oh, Dr. No. I don't know why yeah. I said Man of the Golden Gun. She examined her shells and then James Bond went, what's your name, pretty lady? And Sorry, she w- did he have a stroke? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's English, really. He fakes the whole Scottish thing. Uh, so she plays Honey Rider. And I would just like to... Uh, we need a sound effect for a slap. To all parents who give their kids names like that. Oh, like yeah. Like porn names. 
Slap. Holly Goodhead, I think, was the one from Diamonds Are Forever. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, Pussy Galore. Slap. I'm sure they just come up with the name just so they could do one bad pun. Like, oh, my name's Christmas Jones. Yeah. I bet you come once a year. Uh, That's what they did. Clang a lang, a lang, a lang. Clang a lang. Yes. Getting Bond wrong. Still alive at the age of 80. You could also argue that uh, Ursula Andress is the the ultimate cougar. Oh, yes. Although, if you want to get there, you've got to be at least 65. (laughs) I don't think we've got any hope. No. Uh, But there you go. Sad, surreal son, Ursula Andress. And that'll do it for this week's episode of The Fictionary. Thank you for listening. Cheers for checking us out. Please come and find us on the internet. Give us a like. If you're listening to this episode, just tap, well, it's most commonly a heart button now, isn't it? Yeah. For love. Well, just take it as a like. Yeah. You know, that'd be awesome. It helps spread the love so people can find out about what we do. Find us on Twitter, at Thick Podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Audio Boom, and everything. I think this week, Paul Gannon, The Fictionary has been understandably uplifting. And I think this has been, oh, unbelievable. And uh, it's definitely been ubiquinol, an active coenzyme produced by your body that has antioxidant powers. It's known in the beauty world as if you look on your girlfriend's uh, dresser, you're looking yeah. for anti-wrinkle cream that's got Q10. Okay. That's like a more of a, a synthetic produced one. Uh, it can uh, ease the effects of heart disease, blood pressure, gum and oral health, even nervous system challenges. If you've over ukulele perhaps a bit <laughs> of uh, ubiquinol will help. Until next week when we do the letter V... I'm doing the Vulcan thing. Why are you not doing the Vulcan... Because uh... you're doing it. If I do it at the same time and people look in through the window, they're going to cast... On the fourth floor? Yeah, well, pigeons. all I'm saying is I just don't want to be seen doing the Vulcan grip with you. Until next week. Have a wonderful week, everybody. Bye. Bye-bye.